0: You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Locked On Seminoles. I'm your host, Max. Sitting across the restream from me, I've got Drake. Today is Wednesday, October 13th, 2021, which you would know If you're watching this on YouTube, if you're listening to this on your pod, well, you can make it up to us by giving us five stars, rating, reviewing, subscribing, all that good stuff. We're looking forward to Five Star Friday. We got a really good review in today. I'm hoping to have two or three more to read. So folks, go to the show. You got to like find the show, hit the more episodes, and then you scroll down and you'll see review. There'll be stars. You can hit write a review. But even if you don't, We love that you make Locked On Seminoles your first listen every single day. We love that y'all let us do what we love. We're two Florida State fans, third if you count Dave who's not here today. And because of y'all, every day we get to talk about Florida State. Drake, how are you doing, buddy?
0: I'm good, though, man. I'm good. I am just enjoying the work week. And also, I am enjoying the fact that my arch nemesis is up in Tampa. The Tampa Bay Rays have been eliminated from playoff contention.
1: Yeah, you know, it's crazy. the whole raise thing. By the way, I've got my big headphones on today, folks. Just whatever. Uh I mean, what a weird, unforced error by the owner to, while that team's fans are headed into the stadium to support that team in the playoffs, he hung a banner advocating for that team to move to Canada. Sorry. I know that's not what we're here to talk about today, but that was like, one of the dumbest ownership decisions I've ever seen. And then, like, the city makes him take it down, and he's like, oh, sorry if I offended anyone. It's like, yeah, you threatened to move the team to Canada. How did you think that was going to go over? But anyway, folks, that's not what we're here to talk about today. Today, we are here to get Drake's perspective, my perspective. We already got Dave's perspective on yesterday's episode about what we saw in the first half of the season, kind of where we're at. Then we're going to look ahead to the schedule, and then we're going to finish off with... What do we want this team to be in the simplest sense of the word at the end of the season? When we look back, what do we want to say? Hey, this Florida State team was X, right? So, for example, 2009, that Florida State team was a building block, right? 2013, that Florida State team was the greatest. How do we want to – how do we think we will define this and how do we want to be able to define it? But let's look back before we look forward, Drake – Give me your first top line shot across the bow, first half of the season. What are your initial thoughts?
0: My initial thoughts are that we left a lot of potential W's on the board. Primarily, like the Notre Dame game. I know I've no said it before. I'm basically a broken record at this point, but that game was so easily winnable to me, and it was purely from just lack of coaching, or just I know a lot of people saying that Brian Kelly was outcoached by Mike Norvell. I don't see it that way, and then it kind of bled over to Jacksonville State where we all saw that they kind of took, they treated it as we wanted it to be a glorified scrimmage, but they literally treated it as like something as they're they're playing with their food and in that being Jacksonville State. and then it's just this team has been so all over the place. and then there was a point that I was like, wow, we might lose every game this year and I was including UMass because we yeah. just looked so anemic on offense and in defense, we couldn't stop a nosebleed and then. These past two games with Syracuse and also with UNC, it's just that, wow, this team, if this is the team I see right now, where the hell has this been for the entirety of the year? And that's more, I'm just like frustrated, I think is the best way to put it.
1: You know, I think the team was there and I was the one that I think, maybe I was just the biggest excuse maker. And now, you know, in the land of the blind, the one eyed man is King, but I said they were. They felt like they were inches away, right? They they seemed like they were close, and we we saw that in the last, I would say, two and a half games, right? The defense has finally stepped up, but they're not doing anything crazy, right? They, they just got a little bit incrementally better. The receivers couldn't catch it in the first three games. Now, like Ontario Wilson, look at him. I mean, the, the last game, he's stretching out for balls. You got Malik McLean making like which you can see me break down these plays, by the way, on Tape Tuesday on our YouTube channel where I draw on the game film. You got Malik McLean for his first touchdown making like a crazy sliding, diving catch, NFL style. I, I, it, so it's like it's the same guys. They're kind of doing the same things. But it, I'm going to sound like Mike Norvell here. It's like they got 1% better every day, and they finally hit that point, you know, when a cloud collects enough droplets it starts to rain and that pulls all the droplets with it, right? So the straw that broke the Campbell's back kind of philosophy, I almost feel like that's what happened. We just, we finally got to the point where something clicked and it was like, oh, we actually are pretty decent at football. Maybe we can go out there and like play good football and not lose to Jacksonville State or I'm not going to jinx the UMass game yet. I don't believe in this team that much.
0: Yeah, neither do I. And also, if you mentioned that 1% better every single day, over this weekend with my new little soundboard over here, I'm going to get a boo button just for you whenever you quote the 1% better every single day. But, I mean, that's the thing. Like, you were right. They're the same exact players, except they're actually finally making plays. And I think uh, Kevin Little from Triple Option with, you know, Trey Roll and over at Tom Lock Nation, I think, put it really well, where we our fall camp. No one was healthy. There was a lot of people that were still injured and in that were still out and then maybe these first three to four games were sort of the extension of the fall camp. So now we're seeing you know, our offensive line be have actually all of our stars in it. We also see our wide receivers back. Now we're starting to get you know, players like Akeem, Dent, are going back in the fold, that now actually are going to be in the rotation, and now we're starting to get healthy, and we're, this buy actually sure, coming and at the Travis perfect didn't time.
1: look like a stretcher was about to be needed on the field every single time he took a shot. I Like, I don't know what got healthier with him, but... He got hit a lot this game, but he didn't... You know what I mean? It wasn't that normal, like, every time he got hit, you're like, oh, that looked like it hurt. I mean, he he was getting up from hits, slapping people on the helmet, you know? I don't know. So, I agree. I think the health was a big part of it. I saw Kenny Dillingham's press conference, and uh, he basically said what we're saying right now. You know, he said something where he's like, yeah, I told the guys, you know, when you go on the road, do something different. Do something more than what you've done on previous road trips, because we're bound the road. Is that 15 more minutes of film? Is that this... And then after he says all that, he's like, I don't know if that did anything. It's the, He's like, it's the same I guys. That, yeah, everyone laughed. He's like, it's the same guys. It's the same guys playing football. They just honestly had a great week of prep. They executed a game plan, and they finally did what they've been coached to do. And again, I'm going to plug myself one more time. I think what we're seeing, too, is this offense has to be perfect because so much of what Norvell does, for better or for worse, I'm not advocating for this strategy, is reliant on doing so many things right leading up to that moment. For instance, on tape Tuesday, I break down a play where Cam McDonald's in the backfield as a squat back or an H-back, whatever you want to call him, and we run a double counter to the right side where Dylan Gibbons pulls to the right side. We later, like two, three plays later, run that exact same play. Cam McDonald, H-back, got the same. Trayshawn Ward in the backfield. You got uh, um, Dylan Gibbons pulls when the ball snapped. The only difference in the initial movement is Cam McDonald doesn't, doesn't pull. He goes and engages someone on the block, turns around, catches a screen pass, runs for 15 yards. The plays went entirely different directions, entirely different concept, but to the defense looked the same from the minute they got in formation until about three or four seconds after the ball was snapped. So if you don't execute that first counter play, which to us just looks like another counter, absolutely perfectly, you're not going to set the defense up to have to react to that screen three plays later. So those are the things I think you can't see as a fan in Mike Norvell's offense. Cause you know, if Cam McDonald doesn't do the counter step the right way, the first time that counter step is what made it look like when he ran a screen route. Oh, he's just doing that counter step again in someone's mind and they didn't react to it. So that's just one oh, example, but... Uh, you know. There's another
0: good one, too, actually, the week before where the touchdown for Keyshawn Hilton, if you notice, they ran that same exact play several times before except Keyshawn went immediately to block of a screen pass. Except, I want to say they ran that play twice on that same drive, and then the touchdown play, actually, Keyshawn goes to pretend he's blocking. The the corner kind of does, like, you know, remember probably we, we had the little football thing when we had the UVA game where, I, like, I went to block Dave, but Dave just, just sprinted right past me. I thought he was going to try to hit me again. Literally, he just goes right past the corner and Keisha goes right over the middle for a touchdown. So you're right. it's A lot of it is There's a reason for every single thing he's doing, whether it with offensive play calling and then to an extent defensive play calling for Adam Fuller, that there's always an end goal in mind, not for the play currently, but for five to six plays down later down the line.
1: Yeah, he's meticulous. There's no other way to put it. So I think that's kind of my takeaway from the first half of the season. It's what we said yesterday, right? Which team is this? Is this the Jacksonville State game? Or is this the UNC game, the Syracuse game, the Louisville game? You know, people kind of scoff at that Syracuse win. And the reality is, like, we couldn't beat anybody, it felt like. And for this team to blow, kind of blow a lead, come back, win on a field goal, which they've been just impressively horrible at, I thought it was a big turning point. And we saw that in the UNC game where they looked dominant. So... I want to talk about what we're going to look at going forward. But before I do that, folks, prize picks, prize picks, prize picks, P-R-I-Z-E-P-I-C-K-S. Go to the app store, download prize picks. I'm serious. It's a lot of fun. I enjoy it. Drake enjoys it. Um, It's basically daily fantasy, but instead of keeping track of fantasy points, you draft a team of three to five guys and you only focus on one statistical category for each player and you're simply trying to, I guess, guess, are they going to go over the set in that category or under? So for instance, you might draft Cam McDonald on your team and it might say, will he have under three catches or over three catches. If you pick over and he has four catches, well, he wins, you know, or he, he's a check Mark. If all three to, f- if all three or all four or all five guys on your team do that, you end up, uh, winning and you make money back on your entry. And if you go to prize picks right now, use promo code locked on. You can get a hundred free bucks when you deposit a hundred dollars. It's free money, folks. It's fun to play. I don't know. Do it. Do it. Do it, Do it now.
0: Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it.
1: So let's look ahead to the rest of the season. It is interesting how this schedule is laid out because on one hand it's very much like, I I don't know. It's 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 a it's a complete reversal from the first half on paper. It's a much harder schedule. I've already gone through, looked at the PFF grades of these guys I talked about earlier in the week. But on the other hand, we're playing some good football, and the way the schedule's laid out is kind of like its own mini season. We get. We have a bye week, right? So we almost get a little mini camp. We get like two weeks. Then we have UMass, who is the worst team we're going to face all season, Jacksonville State included. Yeah, so so it's almost the reverse, right, of the beginning of the season where it was like Notre Dame, Jacksonville State, right? It's like, okay, we have we get to start with UMass, and then we got to go play Clemson. However, Clemson's not that good. Now, I'm sorry to upset the Clemson fans, but guys, You've only been good for five minutes, so I wanted to say, like, this isn't your dad's Clemson, but this probably is your dad's Clemson, right? Or your older brother's. I guess this isn't um, your Clemson when you became a fan, like, five years ago. I don't don't know. Anyway, so then we have Miami, right? No. NC State? We have
0: NC State and then Miami, then Boston College, and then Florida.
1: Yeah. So I really think this schedule is structured if you have to play those teams in six games, it's probably the best layout you could ask for. Maybe you'd want maybe you'd want to flip NC State and Boston College so you didn't deal with the cold in Boston, but I don't... Anyway, I don't know. So, long-winded way of saying my biggest concern is that they will overlook UMass and not take this week seriously. And I want to know if you share those concerns. Are you worried about starting off with the UMass or in fact, are you worried about, I'm not worried they'll lose, but like, this is a team where these kids are all over social media. Like you don't want them to not beat this team by 50 and then have that kind of like, Oh gosh, here we go again into the Clemson game. So like, what are your feelings on this timing of the bye week Do you like that? It kind of splits the season right in half. Do you wish that maybe they got to ride this UNC win right into another game? How you feeling?
0: Before the season started, I hated the bye week because I was one of the few people in the camp that thought that we were going to beat UNC, primarily because, like I said before, Mac Brown's now 0-11 against us. He will like, He's a seminal of heart, you know, through and through. He played football here. He was a GA here. He loved school so much. He will never be at football. Thank you, thank you, Coach Mac Brown. But the thing is, we are so hurt everywhere across the board, whether it be or some defensive backs. I don't think, you know, if you know, it's like Sydney was wasn't as, you know, aggressive with his tackling. You see the offensive line is still a little more gimpier, but they're coming back. So this two-week period of us, you know, not like also rehabbing and getting healthier, but also game planning for UMass, because I think now even the staff, too, like they saw Jacksonville State as an easier game, and like, wow, now we kind of got that out of the way, that, you know, we can't treat every single game or every single team as if it's easy, that we actually have two months, I have two weeks to prepare for this game, because you know damn well that Walt Bell has had this circled for two and a half years. And UMass actually has a decent offense. I'm not saying we're gonna lose this game, but you're right that is. I don't trust this team yet to be. I don't know if maturity is the proper word, but I don't know if I trust this team enough to get to have confidence in them to basically just coast through, you know through to a win. I just personally don't yet because they're super young.
1: I agree, and I hope they don't. I was thinking about this today in my car. I was like, look, I, I just I hope they look. You get five practices a week. That's when you scrimmage. Stop with this BS of. Oh, UMass like will be kind of like a scrimmage for us. No, no, no. Pretend that UMass is the national championship. Watch film on UMass. Practice like you're gonna play UMass. Get a game plan together for UMass and go out there and beat them 65 to zero. You think you think Georgia treated Vandy like a scrimmage? No, they treated Vandy like an opportunity to instill fear in the hearts of everyone else in the SEC. Like, there's two ways to successfully beat Clemson. One, spend two weeks planning for him. That might work. We don't know but that might also overlook UMass Two, go beat UMass 65 to zero and make them sit there at practice because I don't care what anyone says. Everyone's got insecurities, especially when you got to play in a big game and go, Oh gosh, they just put up 65. Like maybe this team doesn't suck and they're not going to walk in there with all the confidence of the world. And Clemson's going to like, kind of be like, well, you know, maybe this team isn't a team to play with. I don't know. So then we move on and this was my take yesterday, Drake. So I'm going to just repeat it and then let you talk. I basically said like, it's the opposite of name syndrome. If I look at Clemson, NC State, Miami, Boston College, one by one by one, I don't see a win in those four games. But if you ask me, hey, do you think you can win two of those four games? My answer is yes. So I look at, to steal from someone, a, like an expected value chart, right? You look at, okay, 40% chance to win here, 38%. You know, I think that probably adds up to like 1.7, 1.6, 1, maybe even one8 so I just I see two wins in there, but I can't tell you right now where I think they're going to come from. If that makes sense, where? How do you feel I about that, that stretch of four?
0: Um, I can tell you which games we're not going to win just from from the top of my head. We're not going to beat Boston College.
1: No, we can't win a game in Boston on November twentieth. It's
0: going to be twenty five degrees. No
1: shot that game. Yeah, not only that,
0: and, Jeff, and then Jeff Halfley I think is the best coach in the ACC right now. I mean, he's getting a lot out of those kids that we. We wanted you know, Coach Norvell to get them out. And they almost beat Clemson as well, too, even though Clemson's not very good. Boston College still being Clemson's a lot. And then another team that I'm, I'm personally scared of that you know, I've come around to a lot over the year was NC State with Devin Leary, Donovan Knight. And also, Corey Dern is playing at all ACC level actually at NC State after they had an injury on the defensive line. So, to me, that's a team that's going to be very, very good and... I don't know if we're we'll able to keep up with them with the firepower, even though they were close to Louisiana tech. Louisiana tech is a top 20 offense with a former Oklahoma quarterback. But to me, the games are to me, Miami's and winning Oklahoma goal. wishes they had him back. Yeah. Oh and, yes, they do. No, but, I'm with you.
1: I look, I think if, I think if Miami wears any other Jersey on that night, if it wasn't Miami, if it wasn't the emotions that go into that. And for whatever reason, rivalries in college sports are real. We beat that team by 20. Like, I don't think that's a good football team without Derek King but it's the Miami game. It doesn't matter if it's a good football team. Like you can never write that game off, especially with our team being what they are as a win. Agreed.
0: Yeah. And but Miami, I do think like-
1: it's a very winnable game. Like I wouldn't be surprised if we return the favor from last year and stomp them by 28, but I wouldn't be shocked if it's a, like an absolute knife fight either.
0: Yeah. It's going to be very close the entire time. Like you said before, it's a, it's a deep rivalry game. These kids have grown up together, typically from pop Warner, to middle school, to high school, and then they always, you know, diverge path whether they go to FSU or they go to Miami. This game means a lot to them ever since they're kids. And with Air King gone, I mean, yeah, that's a part of their offense, but we don't have that much tape on Tyler Van Dyke. Now, we're lucky that he's going to be starting the rest of the year, but it's really hard to, you know, to, uh, to judge a quarterback when they have don't have that much tape on them. And then, but to me, that's probably the most winnable game on our schedule outside of UMass. And then, I know this is going to be a hot take, I don't think Florida is that good. Florida at the end of the year, my my personal opinion is the opposite of what they were last year where Kyle Trask was super accurate. He had deep threat ability They had Kyle Pisk and Darius, Tony had weapons. Now, Amory Jones is a very inaccurate quarterback, but he is mobile enough to extend the play and he's lethal with his legs. Does that sound familiar to you? And he's not that much of a passing threat. So to me, you have two winnable games. The most winnable games to me are Miami and Clemson, because Clemson, for some reason, I don't know, DJ Ungalele, I think is going to be good, but I don't think he has the confidence yet because he doesn't have a Travis Etienne and Justin Ross is not the school we thought he was. And then in Florida, so to me, I can see three game, win, winnable games, but I think we get two out of the next five game stretch.
1: Yeah, it's a bye week, so maybe one day I'll I'll really give why I think I I, do, I agree with you that that he's I I agree with you he's not panned out. I disagree that he ever will. I, I just don't I don't think he's got the makeup of a of a good quarterback. Um, just think he has a strong arm and probably should have gone to the baseball draft. I think that I, you know, I don't know. NC state's the big question mark to me because they get a lot of credit for that Clemson win, but like, or they beat Clemson. Yeah. The yeah. Clemson win, uh, when they beat Clemson, it was like three weeks they ago. Beat Clemson two weeks ago. I think I knew that. Yeah. But I'm trying to remember what it was either way. Like, but that win hasn't aged well is, was the point I was making. I was just trying to remember how old it's gotten. And everyone's almost beating Clemson. Like Boston College is a botched snap away from beating Clemson. Georgia Tech is one play away from beating Clemson. Who Like who hasn't almost beaten Clemson? NC State's just the one that actually sealed the deal. So I, I think they are almost getting too much credit. I agree that that quarterback's pretty good. But like I said, I think there's two wins in that four-game stretch. I, this team winning on the road, in the swamp, I, I, I don't think they're there yet. I think that's going to – that's a tough place to play. I mean, those nerds down there, they get excited about football, and they hate Florida State. I mean, think about it. Could you imagine having to do all the studying that they do, and then you see all your friends at Florida State having an awesome time every weekend, and then realizing that, like, in the end of the day, you're both just going to have college degrees, and honestly, it was probably all for nothing? I don't know. Anyway, speaking of all for nothing, do you want all the protein, none of the sugar, none of the carbs? Well, that's what Built Bar's for. Built I'm Bar is a delicious. Guy. What you've had better with my guy. <laughs> that was a pretty good. I don't know. I think that was a good one. Built Bar, look, it's delicious. It's nutritious. We talk about it all the time. We eat them all the time. Get some Built Bar. BuiltBar.com promo code locked fifteen. Get yourself fifteen percent off, guys. It's the best of both worlds. It's Hannah Montana, right? You get the protein. But you also get the taste, none of the sugar. Uh, Just, come on, you don't need me to keep telling you about it. BuiltBar.com, if you haven't done it yet, do it. Do it now. So, yeah, I think when we, you know, this this conversation kind of bleeds over into the previous one, right? Like, we want to look back on this team. Just starting out from the hip, this team finds a way to make a bowl game. What's your impression of this team going to be? I don't think it's out of the question for this team. Are they gonna win four of the last five and make a bowl game that way? Probably not. If they do that, uh this will be the most bizarre football season ever. But look, it would be the equivalent to that Louisville game, right? Where you're like Well, the first half did happen, but like look at that second half real quick, you know, and then you're hoping that next season is the Syracuse and UNC games that followed that. And you're like, well, maybe, you know, healthy Jordan Travis, maybe this is a 9-10 win team next year. Now, if they go struggle with UMass, they get their teeth kicked in by Clemson, lose on the road at NC State, get beat by Miami and Doak. Well, I'm going to think this is an utterly disappointing year. But to be concise, because I'm working on brevity, you got to beat one of your rivals. When we say end-of-the-year benchmarks, that is my one thing. You've got to steal one of those games. I don't care if you're a 15-point underdog in each one. we got to snap the skid streak of losing to Miami and Florida in the
0: same year. Yeah, um, I'm going to narrow that down to one team. We need to beat Miami. Primarily because we have a lot of kids for recruiting-wise that we are in battles for that are down between us and Miami, whether it be a Wesley Pesaint, whether it be a Demario Tolan whether it be some other kids as well. Like, to me, Miami, that's the team that we have lost to them four years in a row. Like the Colin Kaepernick meme. I've been, you know, waiting for three years. I've been denied for three years. And we need a dub to showcase to these kids that we, the FSU football is going to be back very soon, especially because it's a known fact that Miami Athletics does not give a damn about the football program or athletics as a whole. So Horse we really need is. that wind moving forward for that because it's just its just literally its going to pave the way for years and years to come.
1: Yeah, the the worst part is check my math on this, but we were literally one win away. We beat them six it years worked. in a row. We were one win away from leveling the series, and it felt like it was destiny, right? We got the block at the rock. Then we had that 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 game when we were all in Vegas watching it. Like it felt like we were gonna win that game until the very last play. I've gone back and watched that play like six times this year because I hate myself. Anyway. But yeah, anyway, we're one game away from leveling it. Now they're five up again. Not cool. Not great. I'm with you. We gotta beat Miami. Now, do they still recruit? I heard they kind of stopped doing that. Like Manny Diaz just kind of um, like, eh, I well. don't know because I,
0: I don't see their uh, their school on two top fifty. So you, gotta you gotta go to first the first. you
1: gotta go to the next page. There's a there's a page two.
0: There's a next page?
1: There is, yeah. You don't look yeah. at it much because that's that's only if you're a real sicko and you follow the likes of like Arkansas State's recruiting and you're really worried about <laughs> those recruiting battles between the Mac and the Sun Belt for the, the best of, uh, you know, whatever. Anyway, so, the, I mean, I really wish I had more to give the people, benchmarks-wise, but that's that's really, for me, I, I don't... It, it's just, it's such an art with this team, not a science, right? Like, we're not doing algebra. It, it's just, I gotta see how I feel about the games they've played, because this team's two and four. If you ask me, hey, Max. How would you feel if at the bye week we're two and four? Be like, dude, door's over there. Get out of my house with that nonsense. I don't want to hear it. Watching this team on the field, I'm really not as upset about two two and four as I should be, right? Because it's like, okay, I, 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 I'm seeing the puzzle pieces. I'm seeing what this team kind of is becoming. It's just not, it hasn't come together yet. But then we did have that UNC game. And look, one game can drastically alter your perception. So it's it's just... Yeah, it's going to be a feel thing for me.
0: Uh, I mean, no, I get that. Like, to me, the UNC, I'm not putting too much stock in the UNC game because we did that last year, and look how that turned out. We did that with Notre Dame, and look how that turned out. I know it's different because Uh, this is the most complete game we've played in a very, very long time. And I think there's a lot more weight to the game as a whole when you watch it again and you break it down, like Max did over on the YouTube page. Please, guys, go check that out. Just to me, I'm going to give a benchmark. I need to see the middle ground between Syracuse and UNC, like the way we played throughout every single game for the rest of the year. I need to see this team actually play to the level of their opponents. Those are my two right there primarily, along with beating Miami, because I think those are something that shows progress. And I think one of the reviewers said the other day where it's, it's, it's basically building the foundation is the fun part. That's really what it is, and we need to get there eventually. Trust me, I'm a Marlins fan. And I've seen this sort of thing, you know. Oh, we're finally good, and then we suck and finish in last place, and then we're going to lose all our players, trade them off the deadline, but not here in FSU football. It's going to be different here, and as long as we keep consistently performing, even decently well, like just improve. That's all we want to see, and that's my benchmark for the end of the year. I'm with you, man. That and consistent effort. This team,
1: to their credit, has tried in every game. And I want to see that continue. Can you play a 12-game schedule? And even if you're not great, keep that effort up. I like the culture shift we're seeing. Hey, folks, if you're looking at this on YouTube, that is two underscores in Tally Drake. Tally underscore underscore Drake. He's Andre Silva. I'm Max Moody. This
0: was Locked On Seminars. Take care, everybody. We'll see you next time. See you